Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Across the lake. Can't you see the figure of a woman who has emerged from it? Look, her arms are upstretched. You see it now? Yes. It does look like a woman. But a puff of wind and fog takes on all kinds of shape. Oh, come on, Sam. It's cold out here. You're seeing things. Come on. Hearing something, too. Listen. written especially for Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor. It stars Norman Rose and Mando Kramer. I'll return shortly with Act One. Innocent enough, you might say. Everyone has seen fog forming on a pond at the end of a warm day. Wisps of fog rise here and there like watery cobwebs. Gossamers that take on changing shapes. It's eerie to watch nature's artistry. And through your imagination, you embody what you see. A castle. An avalanche. A man on horseback. Other human figures. All as silent as falling snow. But the figure of a woman whimpering. Our tale begins with the welcome of Sam Fuller to Pongview. Diana Brooks embraces him and... Sam, it's wonderful to see you. Thanks for taking me in. Paul, how are you? Welcome to Pondview, Sam. You look great. And his head's the same size. Of course. Why not? <laughs> well, sometimes success causes swelling, you know, in your last novel. You know, I couldn't put it down. The mail-order apostle was horrifying. <laughs> Good. It's all true. Thanks, Diana. Uh, you have a sequel? Yes. That's why I'm here. Uh, McGill and Sykes... Your publisher. Right. Mm-hmm. They flew me in to discuss in advance, you know, royalties and so on. I'm uh, meeting with their attorney tomorrow in New York. Then there'll be interviews, a cocktail party, that kind of promotion rigmarole, and then I'm free. Well, Pondview is a perfect place to relax, Sam. I'll fix some drinks, meet you two on the patio. The view down to the pond is really impressive. Follow me, old classmate. <laughs> Ever look back on those days at Minnesota, Diana? Mm, often. Sit down, Sam. As time goes by, those undergraduate days become more and more pleasant. But the campus changed. Oh, sure. New buildings, but not the atmosphere. Still vigorous. You ought to come back for a visit. The pace up there makes more sense. Here we are. Uh, thank you. That's the real reason we left the city. What were you two talking about? The Midwest way of life and that of New York. No, well, Dan is right. It's pretty frantic on Wall Street, but when I board the train from Mount Kisco and then the drive to Pondview, all my tensions ease. Isn't it a long commute? A little over an hour, but I don't mind. Get a lot of work done on the train. What do you think of the place, Sam? Oh, it's spectacular. The view of the pond below is wonderfully restful. You were mighty lucky to find such a mistake. How did you? One man's misfortune is sometimes another man's good luck. The former owner was struck by tragedy. Oh? 
If you want to write a mystery, Sam, we've got one for you. The owner and his wife went on a European holiday. They were given a bon voyage party, drove to the docks on the Hudson River, and sailed on the France. Registered at the Ritz in Paris, and then it happened. The wife disappeared. Hasn't been seen since. And not a clue as to what happened. Hmm. Happily married? From what we heard, yes. But does the search go on? I don't really know. After all these years, I assume the case is probably closed. What's the name of the former owner of Pondview? Emmett Stark. He's in a middle-aged lawyer. Stark? Yeah. Is he a lawyer? Yes. Yes, yes he is. Why, Sam? He's the attorney for my publishers, McGill and Sykes. What? Stark's the man I'm seeing tomorrow about my book. Huh. That's quite a story. It's quite horrible, really. Yeah. Maybe Mrs. Stark just took off with a younger man. No, that's doubtful, Sam. Althea Stark was 15 years older than her husband. Maybe he disposed of her. Nah. After he returned to New York, Mrs. Stark was seen at least once in Paris and never seen again. I'm very glad to meet you, Mr. Fuller. Do sit down. Thank you, Mr. Stark. Mr. McGill was impressed with your outline for your sequel to the Mail Order Apostle and the first five chapters. Thank you again. So, shall we go over the details of the contract, or do you want to discuss it with your lawyer? Well, I'd like to have him study it, Mr. Stark. Uh, he's in Minneapolis. Oh, I hope he can get back to me within a few days. Well, I'm sure he can. I'm returning in two days. Oh, very good. We want to finalize the agreement, and then you can go to work. I'll telephone him tonight and read him what you've proposed. If he approves the contract, I'll sign it and mail it to you tomorrow. That would be fine. I could send a messenger to your hotel. No, I'm I'm staying out of town with Paul and Diana Brooks. Oh, really? Do you know them? I do. I thought that would surprise you. Yes, they're very old friends of mine. We were college classmates. A charming couple. What do you think of uh, Pondville? Oh, if I'd been you, I'd never have sold it. It's a wonderful estate. They uh, told you why I did? Uh, yes, a tragic story. It was a nightmare. It still is, even after all these years. No one can explain it. No one never will. There must be some explanation. Oh, I agree, but it was so unlikely. We had a wonderful crossing on the France to La Havre, and then by boat train to Paris. Two days later, Althea had vanished. I was frantic. The French police and the Sûreté scoured the city, followed up hundreds of clues. After a week, I flew home and retreated to Pondville. Then I closed it, moved to the city where I still live. Not knowing? Yes, yes, it's the not knowing. It still rises in my subconscious and keeps her death alive. You believe, then, that she is dead? Well, what else is there to believe? We were devoted to each other. She wasn't kidnapped and held for ransom, and most certainly she did not become enamored of another man. And after all, Althea then was... Uh, well, let me see. She was 61. No, 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 no. It's an unsolvable mystery. Well, Paul... Brooks bought Pondview a year ago. Well, until then, the estate was entailed. After Althea was pronounced legally dead, I sold Pondview. <laughs> this is grim talk. You don't want to hear about my mystery. It's that all right. Do you know something odd? Yes? Your name's Fowler. Well, yes, it is. That was Althea's maiden name. 
Isn't that odd? Oh, I don't know. There are lots of Fowlers all over the country. Well, that's true. For a moment, I thought we might be related by my marriage. Oh, it's no matter, silly thought. Well, say hello to Paul and Diana and telephone me tomorrow. I'll do that, Mr. Stark. Thank you for our talk. I'm uh, afraid I've been impertinent about your personal tragedy. Oh, not at all. I don't mind talking about it. Althea vanished a long time ago. I've married again. Happily. Seems a long time on the telephone, Paul. Well, it takes a long time to review a contract, and then he wanted to talk with his mother. Oh, how was his meeting with Emmett Starr? Did they discuss Palmville? I don't know. Well, didn't you ask? You came home together on the train. I was doing the puzzle, and Sam was scribbling some notes to himself. Oh. Oh, the fog's beginning to form on the pond. I like the smell of it. The dampness and the sourness of the marsh grass. Mm, kind of spooky. I love it, but when the fog begins to move across the pond, it's like a silent army. <laughs> and I want to be indoors, barricaded again. Oh, there you are, Sam. Forgive my rudeness. Everything settled? Uh, you know, lawyers. My made a few points. He'll talk with Stark tomorrow. And your mother? She's fine. Sit down, Sam. Can I get you anything? Oh, uh, no, thank you. Well, uh, here's an interesting sidelight to the mystery of Althea Stark. She was a fowler. Did I tell you that? No. I didn't know that. Well, she was. I asked my mother about Althea Fowler, and mother vaguely remembers that there was a woman by that name distantly connected with our family. How distant? Oh, remotely. It means nothing, I suppose, but Althea, according to my mother's gossip, inherited quite a fortune from her father, invested wisely, and was rich when she married Stark. It's all pretty vague. Althea had never married. She was in her late 40s when she fell in love. Or bought a husband? Oh, that's unfair, Di. Stark was devoted to her. Sam, had your mother heard about Althea's vanishing act? No. As I said, we had at best a very distant relationship to her. End of story. But it has aroused your imagination, hasn't it, Sam? <laughs> I admit it has. What the devil happened to the woman? Maybe she's living on a barge on the Seine and has never left it. Look. What? Uh, across the pond, rising out of the fog. You see it? See what, Sam? The form rising above the fog. There, on the far side of the pond. It's, it's a woman's form. Her arms are stretched upward. And, uh, Sam, that's nonsense. But I see it, Diana. Sam, it's a changing scene. Every night as we sit on the patio, we see the fog create all kinds of wispy images. And that's, that's one of them. I will say it. It is distinct. It's time to go indoors to a cozy fire and a nightcap. But, but the woman... Sam, old buddy, you have been overdoing. You have a lively imagination. Now you're here to relax. Now come on inside. Di's idea is a good one. A fire will help you to forget the lady in the lake. She's one of the extra benefits upon you. is it, Sam? I'm still half asleep. The, the figure of the woman. Oh, come on, Sam. Don't you see it? Arms upstretched. Well, yes. Listen. Did you hear that call? Oh, 
in here. What time is it? Two o'clock in the morning. In decent hour. We should be asleep. Well, we would be, except for what we saw and heard. A whimpering voice woke me up, and I called Paul. And he heard it. Are you serious? There's one way to settle this matter. What's that, Di? I'll invite Emmett Stark and his wife to dinner, and we'll ask him about this thing. Anyway, I think he might enjoy seeing what we've done to Palmview, Paul. It's all right with me. It's an idea anyway, Sam. Fine with me. Who is this new wife of his? Oh, a stunner. She was Meg Campbell, a model. Very successful. You'll melt when you see her. Paul did. The only time he met her. <laughs> Sam, she is all things lovely and desirable. Face, figure, classic legs, high cheekbones. What do we make of it? Man married to older woman. Long comes a gorgeous model. Dispose of wife to obtain all things lovely and desirable? Ah, you're suggesting premeditated murder, Sam. It won't wash. Stark has an unbreakable alibi. Forget Stark. Yeah. But how do I forget that misty figure and a woman's pleading voice? Fact? Fancy? Although the idea of ghosts may be more amusing than frightening today, stories about them do crop up from time to time almost everywhere. They have some meaning to the living, exactly what no one really knows. The ghost of Hamlet's father, for instance, wandered until he was avenged by the death of Hamlet's conspiring uncle. And what about the Flying Dutchman, a legendary spectral ship supposed to be seen off the Cape of Good Hope in stormy weather? Well, more about this subject when I return with Act Two. have met three rational and, I think, attractive people, all in their mid-thirties. One of them, Sam Fuller, persists in his belief that he's seen the filmy figure of a woman rise from the thin cover of fog, which at night creeps across the pond below the restored old farmhouse owned by his friends, Paul and Diana Brooks. Although reason tells them that imagination has deluded them, Deep down, they wonder if there might be some significance to that figure. No such thoughts bother Emmett Stark. My lovely bag. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> I met your literary lion today, Sam Fuller. No, what's he like? Attractive. Guess where he's staying? With Paul and Diana Brooks at Poundview. I, uh, I know. Oh? Yes, uh, Diana Brooks telephoned early this morning and invited us to dinner out there. I said I'd ask you. I, uh, don't want to go with him. Such a long drive. Well, Sam Fuller's a client, you know. Well, I do know. Couldn't you go? I could beg off. I'd feel more comfortable if you were with me. Pondview no longer exists for us. But it's that other woman's house. Your first wife. Oh, darling, she's dead. She disappeared long ago. She did indeed. Now, you're being morbid. There's something like you, Meg. What's brought on this mood? Diana said 
they'd seen a ghost. Oh, it, it didn't sound like a laughing matter to Diana. It's the ghost of a woman whose figure rises above the fog, reaches upward, and... and whimpers. You believe such nonsense? No, but... Oh, no, no, there, there are no buts about it, darling. It's patently preposterous. Why don't they row across the pond and ask her what the trouble is? Oh, Emmett, please, it's not funny. What should we do? There's only one thing to do. We accept the invitation to dinner and talk some sense into the simpletons. I don't bother your pretty head about it, darling. I'd rather like to see Pond View after all these years. They've fixed it up, I know, and the view of the pond is... <laughs> it's like a painting by Turner. You'll see. I... I'm afraid, Emmett. glad you could come, Meg. It's my first visit. My, you fixed it up beautifully. It's, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Sam, didn't I tell you? Have you melted? <laughs> yeah, everything Paul said was true. Uh, let me in on the conversation, Diana. I told Sam that Meg was strikingly beautiful. That he'd flip when he met her. <laughs> You're right, you know. I still do. Another victim of your beauty, darling. I'm a victim of your books, Mr. Fowler. Oh, Sam, please. Your last one was Knockout. Emmett tells me you're writing a sequel. Oh, yes, I, I am. And then I might try my hand at a mystery story. Oh, really? Uh, Diana mentioned it to Meg when they arranged your visit. It's about what we've seen and... Well, frankly, Emmett, it bugs me. What is it that you have seen? <laughs> How do you react to the mention of a ghost? You want an honest answer? Mm-hmm. Poppycock. Did you, when you lived here in Pondview, ever hear anyone speak of a ghost? No, not a soul. Well, then we've been deluded. Without question. Oh, but Sam and Paul have not only seen a ghostly figure, they've heard it speak. It, it spoke? Well, what did it say? <laughs> I'll indulge you with that far, Diana. The, the figure sobs softly. It's a... Well, it's a whimper. Its arms are raised toward the sky, and it says, Please, please help me. Please. How awful. Where's Paul, Diana? He's Mother's helper tonight. Paul? Yes, dear? You ready? All set. Come on out. We thought we'd have cocktails on the patio. The view is something special. Oh, well... Would you... Meg, darling, I do want to see the pond. And perhaps I'll be able to lay this fancy ghost to rest. Diana, you're a four-star cook. Best roast I've ever had. And the dressing on the salad. Where'd you buy that? We don't. That's Diana's own concoction. Oh, oh very nice. My thank you. You know, I think the Starks like the dinner. Well, you saw how they ate. They loved everything, including your lemon pie. Another thank you for helping me clean up the kitchen. <laughs> well, that's behind us, and we're just where we were. You should have heard Emma trash everything from poltergeist to ghost paw. Let's uh, review what Stark told us about his wife's disappearance. I don't think he held back anything, do you? No. I didn't sense that he was being evasive. Well, you couldn't have lied about the bon voyage party. No. I'm sure the police checked that out. 
Well, our men in blue were not Scotland Yard, Sam. Nevertheless, they easily could confirm the fact of the party by questioning Stark's neighbors. Well, the party, according to what Stark said, ended at nine. Though it may, might have gone on after he and Althea left by car from New York, the France sailed at midnight. Mm. And the guests closed up the house? Mm, probably. And the next day, the handyman and his wife straightened up. We know them. They're reliable. So Stark and Althea drove to New York stored their car and took a cab to the dock. And all those steps were checked and confirmed by the police. They checked into customs, presented passports, and sailed. Right. Then they disembarked at La Havre and again had to have their passports inspected before being allowed to leave the ship. Hmm. There you are. Two days later, in Paris, Althea vanished. End of weird tale. Uh, I wonder. What are you thinking? Hmm? Oh, well, something pretty crazy. Um, what if... The woman who went aboard the ship was not Althea Stark. That's a big what if, Sam. That assumes serious negligence by custom officials and the concierge at the Ritz in Paris. And, I'll give you the clincher, on her arrival in Paris, Althea sent three postcards to friends in Mount Kisco. Oh. Oh is right. Every detail was checked and rechecked. There was no question that Althea Stark vanished in Paris. If the search still goes on, then it's in Paris. But it makes no sense. It does if you assume that she was killed and robbed and dropped into the Seine. The body would have been recovered. Not necessarily. After two or three days, it might have been washed miles away from Paris. Well, the two of you have given me a headache. I'm going to say goodnight. Now, don't sit up half the night. Night, I'll be up pretty soon, darling. Oh, well. I'm going to take one more look. Interested? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let me open the door. There she is, Paul. The lady of the pond. I'm convinced she means something. But what? And who knows? A soul searching for rest, for peace, maybe even revenge. Um, I'm going around to the other side of the pond. other side of the pond. My feet are soaked. Now, yeah, let's go on. We're almost there. Huh. Fog sure is thick. Oh, boy. Ceiling zero. Sam, this is really foolish. Yeah, maybe. Hey, the fog's thinning out. Well, it's a light west wind. It's pushing the fog across the pond. And when we reach a point opposite our house, it should be clear. I feel kind of bad, Paul, dragging you into this preoccupation of mine. Well, I'm as preoccupied as you. Listen, we saw what we saw. And so did Diane. But Stark is right. Sitting on our patio, the fog does take different shapes when it begins to form. But a single image has never persisted until this one. And it's animated in some way because of what it says. You're right. We've left the fog behind us. Uh, let's stop here, huh? Oh, boy, what a beautiful night. Look at the house across the way, Sam. The downstairs lights twinkle like stars. Paul, shine the light back into the fog. Look. The figure. Arms upstretched and... Good Lord. Who is it, Paul? It's Althea Stark. You're sure? It's Althea. I've seen pictures of her and that's her image. Paul, speak to it. Mrs. Stark. Mrs. Stark! 
Good Lord. The figure is sinking back into the fog. And her upper body is disintegrating. No one will believe this, Sam. What does it mean? Althea Stark didn't just disappear in Paris. She was murdered. There in Paris? There or here. But the evidence, Sam, how do we prove it? I'm not sure. But I do have an idea. I'll check it out tomorrow. And then we'll act. Well, we made it, Meg. Not such a bad drive. That was the best part of the evening. Was it that bad, darling? I'm sorry. Haven't you got any nerves, Em? <laughs> Mind over matter. That's all it amounted to. Oh, you gave quite a performance. Well, there wasn't much to it, really. I think I convinced Paul and Diana that Sam Fowler's fancy was romantic rubbish. I'm not sure you convinced him. He's got that woman's figure very much on his mind. Oh, he'll be gone a day or two. The incident will be forgotten. I never should have accepted Diana's invitation, him. I'm glad we did, darling. They've done fine things with Palmview, and dinner was exceptionally good. But the pond. What about the pond, Meg? What did happen to Althea? You'd have to ask the police, my dear. Don't patronize me, Em. Patronize? I'd never do that. You know the police don't know. Nobody knows. You do, Em. Yes, I do. Well, tell me. No. No, it all happened a long time ago. Why dwell on the past? What I know will go with me to the grave. I'd feel better if I knew that, that she hadn't suffered. I can assure you that she did not. Forget the subject, darling. I thought we'd put it out of our minds years ago. I had. Until tonight. Pondview was her house. Her maiden name was Fowler. That writer's name is Fowler. I could sense something about him. Some, I don't know, connection. Some spiritual family kind of relationship ticking in his subconscious that's rising to the surface and making him suspect. I don't know what. I never knew that you were psychic, Mary. I'm not. But I felt something. Or do I have to repeat what I told them about ghosts? No. It's not that I'm psychic. It's that a person, every person, can sense things. Intuition. I'm serious, Em. I know you are, darling. Like falling in love. Between two persons, something clicks. As it did for us? That's what I mean. When I walked into that house and met Sam Fowler and sat on the patio, something clicked inside me. I knew that for some reason he couldn't be persuaded that Althea disappeared in Paris. That worries me, Em. Darling, why should it? Because I played an important part in the scheme. I have to return to Hamlet's father's ghost. In Elizabethan times, people believed in apparitions. That belief has pretty much died out. But let me pose a question. As scientific knowledge increases year after year, scientists become more and more aware of their inability to pierce the essential mystery of the universe and its creation. Can science then flatly state that there cannot be a spirit world? More when I return with Act Three.
I suppose it's possible that very sensitive persons who find themselves in a strange setting, an old house, looking at fog rising on a pond at dusk, can invest with what they see and hear with a kind of transcendental reality. You have read or heard about what are known as out-of-body experiences in which a person literally comes back from the dead. Well, have Sam Fowler and Paul and Diana Brooks created that ghostly woman's figure above the fog because they have enjoyed leaving their senses for a common experience in transcendentalism? Sam Fowler is in New York, sitting in the corner of a comfortable library and speaking to a stranger. It was good of you to see me. Yeah, it's glad to. I know your work, Mr. Fowler. Oh, please make that Sam. Yeah, sure. And I'm Rob. Robert Francis Stevens. And a fine mystery writer. Uh, thank you again. And uh, that, you said, is why you wanted to see me. That's right. Uh, I'm a mystery story buff, but not that kind of a writer. Uh, that kind of writing requires... Oh, let me tell you. I'm oh, sorry. And no need to be. Mystery stories that a reader will enjoy must have an intricate, credible plot. If a person can write, the writing's the easiest part of putting a book together. It's the plotting that's hard labor. And that's what you want from me, right? A little hard labor about the mysterious disappearance of Althea Stark. I'd appreciate it. She was murdered after we talked. And you'd given me the information you did about the phenomenon you and Brooks had seen uh, several times. You know, that ghostly figure of a woman rising from the pond. I dug around through some old notes. A few months after the sensational stories in the papers, I scribbled down all the important facts. I came to the conclusion that I've given you the woman had been murdered. How did you get around the evidence? Well, I'll tell you. Stark and his wife left the Bon Voyage party at Pondview and drove to New York. I don't think he did that at all. But they boarded the France. Stark and a woman boarded the France. Now, that woman could have been the former Meg Campbell. But the age difference, and Meg's a beautiful woman. And a model who wanted to be an actress and failed. Would have been no great trick for her to disguise herself as an older woman. Stark gives her his wife's passport. And the big deception is underway. And in Paris? More than the same. Stark and a woman registered at the Ritz. Now, from what I read, they did not dine in the hotel or were they seen anywhere else. Two days later, Stark reports that his wife is missing. Now, that's ample time for the woman to use her own passport. Or a phony one to fly back to New York. Probably a phony one, or the manifest would have shown her name. That was checked, I suppose. All the police knew was that Mrs. Stark was registered at the Ritz, and then she vanished. Huh. How do you get around the cars that Althea mailed from Paris? Well, that's easy. She didn't write them, she printed them. In block letters. Easy to imitate. The signatures were forged. You're very sure of yourself, Rob. Well, I'm convinced that Althea Stark was a victim of premeditated homicide. What do you think really happened to her? Well, my guess is Stark and Althea boarded the France, and so did Meg Campbell under an assumed name. Stark drugged his wife, slipped her overboard. Then he and Meg proceeded with the voyage and on to Paris. I wrote my theory out and sent it to the police, but they ignored it. It's a good plot. I intend to use it. I, uh, I think that your ending is wrong. Oh? You have one? I think that Stark backtracked on the way to New York, murdered his wife, 
and dumped her into the pond on their estate. How do you support that? The ghost. We saw the figure rising from the fog several times and heard it moaning for help. Well, then if I were you, I'd have Paul Brooks drag the pond. I don't think he'd agree to that. Word would get around and Brooks and Diana would be outcasts. From what I've heard, Stark was liked and respected by his neighbors. No one has ever suspected him. Uh, well, then you come to a dead end, too. Not quite. You see, I was a frogman in the Navy. Yeah. And if it's a pond, probably overgrown with marsh grass, cattails, and has a dirt bottom. Be like searching for a pin in a pile of grass clips and it'll take you a month. Probably. I thought of using my frogman experience in a different way. Oh, mention it stock. <laughs> you uh, think it would work? Yeah, it might. If you're right about Althea being in that pond, Stark might act. Try the bait. It just might work. Sit down, Sam. Thanks. You've got a sharp lawyer. He suggested a few changes in the agreement for your new book. I clear them with Miguel. Fine. Here it is. You'll sign it and wait for me to clear my desk. I'd like to take you to lunch. Okay. I'll sign, but I can't have lunch. I'm eager to get back to Pondview. Oh? I know it'll seem bizarre to you, Emmett, but... Well, I'm still investigating our ghost. Bizarre isn't a strong enough word, Sam. I think that you and Paul Brooks are really mad. What are you up to now? I sent for my frogman gear and... Oh, no, no, no. Are you going to explore the pond? What do you expect to find, Sam? A corpse. Well, I wish you luck. The pond is choked with weeds, so be careful. We wouldn't want to lose a fine writer. No. Yes. No, no. She... It's too horrible. You may... I never wanted you to know, Meg, but I had to tell you. It's true? Althea is at the bottom of that pond? And it's... It's her ghost that rises from the pond? That ghost business is nonsense. There is no ghost... That devil Sam Fowler had some spare time and got interested in, 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 in my tragedy. I'm sure that he and Brooks began to speculate about what happened and then began to romanticize about it. The fog helped muddle their minds until Fowler came to the conclusion, and you know, he's a writer, remember, that they had seen a figure, that it must be a spirit of someone lying in a watery grave. That's absolute poppycock. But, but true. Yes, it's true, it's true. Now Fowler's going to explore the bottom of the pond. He's a former frogman. You know what that means? You think he might find the remains? A skeleton, nothing more. No, the, the, the odds are against him, but I, I can't take the chance. He might find the chain in the concrete block. It's hideous, Emmett. At the time, perhaps it was. Now it means nothing. If he should find it... That's what I have to prevent, don't you see? I know exactly where I lowered her into the water. Now I have to destroy the evidence. If I don't, Meg, we will be arrested. Life imprisonment for me and and, and, and you sentenced as an accessory. You have to help me. I can't. We don't have a choice, my dear. 
Half an hour's unpleasant work and we'll be safe. If Fowler should discover what remains of the body, we're finished. He, maybe he won't find I it. can't take that chance. I have to beat him to it. Oh, what would I have to do? I'll rent a station wagon. You'll do the driving. I'll do the rest. My darling, tomorrow this will be behind us. And we'll be free. This Rob Stevens had it all figured out? Yep, except that he's convinced that Stott committed the murder on board ship and managed to slip out the end of the Atlantic. And now we play stalkers, is that it? That's it. You know, I think I worried Stark. If I were in his shoes, I'd act. He reacted when I told him I was a frogman. Well, how long do we keep up this vigil? Who knows? If Stark shows up, it'll be late. It's almost midnight. Sam, I'm chilly. You better get a sweater. No, no, I think I'll go in. Call me if anything happens. No lights, Diana. I understand. Now, don't sit up all night. You're right, Sam. This is the grisliest murder I have ever heard of. Meg is a pretty dish, Paul. He could have divorced Althea. No. No, he bought Meg. For that, he needed Althea's money. The fog has settled over the pond. Hey, is that... I think it is. To the left, Sam. Can you see it? Where? Oh. Yeah, two spots of lights. Yeah. Parking lights. There's a car moving slowly from left of the pond. Is there a road back of the pond? Yes, a narrow dirt road overgrown with weeds. You got your flashlight? Sure, let's go. All right, lead the way. You okay, darling? Yes. Please, be quick. It's black as a tomb and I'm frightened. I won't be more than 15 minutes. Watch for my flashlight. Then start the engine and turn the car around. Don't lose your nerve. A lot of good a flashlight does when I can't even use it. I hardly see in front of my hand. Just don't lead us into the pond. What? Someone's using a flash. See it? Yeah. He must be at the edge of the pond. We better not get too close or he might hear us. I wish we had a gun. We have to get closer, Paul. Yeah. I can see him. Hey, wait a minute. That's a lamp, not a flashlight at the water's edge. Stark is in swim trunks and he's wearing a scuba mask. There he goes. Hurry, Paul. Get down. Right. Okay. Let's, let's wait till he comes ashore and then move in on him. Look, Sam. Next to his lamp. It's a gun. We'll have to rush him before he reaches shore. He's holding a chain attached to a cinder block. A big, heavy one. Oh, good Lord. The chain is wrapped around the legs of of a skeleton. Althea. Then he did kill her. Now, Sam, flashlight. Let's get him. Don't move, Stark. He's going under. He's swimming away. Forget him. We've got what we want. The police will get him. Let's find that car. There it is. Must be Meg. Look, she's turning around. 
to take advantage of the current high interest rates in today's money market but want your money available when you need it take a moment now to call this toll-free number 800-228-5000 ask the operator to send you information on Dreyfus liquid assets find out just how much income growth you can get from one of the world's largest money market mutual funds with Dreyfus liquid assets you have the advantage of making withdrawals by phone or paying larger bills with free redemption checks and continue earning high yields compounded daily till your check clears. You can put money in or take it out anytime with never a sales charge or a penalty. But call now, 800-228-5000 for free information and a prospectus, including management fee, charges, and expenses. 800-228-5000. Study the prospectus carefully before you invest and learn how Dreyfus Liquid Assets can help you get the lion's share from today's high interest rates. 800-228-5000. Toll free, 800-228-5000. As you know, and it's not a pleasant thought, there are many persons who have committed murder and have never been caught. Unsolved cases. 
Sometimes years go by before a case is reopened because of new knowledge, and then the police do their work. Then again, there are cases that never will be solved. This time, it took a filmy figure rising out of fog and a pond to catch a murderer. Our cast included Norman Rose, Ralph Bell, Mandel Kramer, and Evie Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Midnight in Detroit, we're following these headline stories on News Radio 95. Mayor Young said.